What does the average week look like for you? Sure, it may start with church on a Sunday morning, but by Monday, can any of us remember what the sermon was about? We spend so much of our time on just making it through the week, helping our children with online school, balancing our job and our family life, finding time for our spouse or our significant other. But most of what we do related to our faith is crammed into about 80 minutes on a Sunday. Did you know that in a week there are 10,080 minutes? If we're spending only 80 of those focusing on our faith, what are we doing with the other 10,000? That's what this podcast is all about. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 10,000 Podcast, where we want to put God into your 10,000 minutes each and every week. Thank you so much for joining us and listening each and every week. Right now, if you haven't subscribed, go ahead and click that subscribe button and make sure to share this podcast with your friends. My name is Sawyer Trapp, and I'm our associate pastor here at Arise Church Denver, and I'm joined by our lead pastor, Matt Wolf. Hey, everybody. So glad that you are listening today. I hope that you enjoy this podcast as you subscribe to it, rate it, Mm -hmm. as we bring God into those 10,000 minutes of our lives. And we're going to do that as we continue talking about the end times. That's right. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to Matt's awesome sermon about how to prepare for the end from this past Sunday as the beginning of our Doomsday Prepper series, make sure to check that out. You can check that out on our main podcast feed if you just search Arise Church Denver. Or if you go to YouTube.com, you can search Arise Church Denver and find all of our um, videos and um, audio there as well. Yeah, and we know that there's so many questions about the end times. Mm-hmm. So send them in to us, strap at arisedenver.com or mwolf at arisedenver.com, and we'll try our best to answer your questions about the end times. In, in addition to this, like we're also doing a new thing called Midweek Moments, mm-hmm. just a, like a five-minute YouTube video that we're putting up each week um, talking about something like uh, last week we talked about, you know, are we in the end times? Uh, this week's video shot it this morning and going to be talking about um, you know, when is Jesus returning? Like, what's mm. that time? Next week, we're going to talk about the rapture. So if you have other questions, send them in. We'll cover those those topics, maybe not in a message on a Sunday morning, but it, maybe, but, mm-hmm. but it could be like in this podcast or on our midweek moments, because we love hearing from you guys. Yeah. And I, I think that's an important thing because my message on Sunday was a little bit different tone, I mm-hmm. would say, than, than some of my other messages. Would you agree, Sawyer? I would agree. Like, I, this is my perspective because I wrote it and delivered it, but <laughs> Jesus is more warning us, right, in this passage. It's yeah. a little bit heavier. It's not like uh, just a ton of jokes. There's probably a few jokes in there, but it's a little bit heavier. It's a little bit more convicting, mm-hmm. and it's definitely demanding you know, a response because that's what Jesus did. So that leads us into the very next section of Scripture. So mm-hmm. we're not going to talk about last week's message. We're actually going to talk about a new passage of Scripture that we're not going to cover on a Sunday morning. And it's Luke chapter 12, verse 49 to 53, because in this passage, Jesus comes on even hotter, yeah. Okay, even stronger, even more of a warning. And we, we look at that, and I think the question a lot of us are going to have is, well, is that how we're supposed to be too? <laughs> and there's big debates among Christians. Maybe you've had them. I've had them. I've had them in my own heart. Yeah. Like, should we be hot and, and fiery towards people, <laughs> tell them they're going to hell because they don't uh, live a life you know, faithful to Jesus Christ? Or should we be kind and gentle and love them into the kingdom of God? Yeah, it's a really important question, and I'm really excited to discuss it. But maybe you're listening to this podcast, you're driving, or you're on a run, you can't hear the passage. Before we dive into anything, I just want to read the passage really quick so everybody's on the same page. 
So it says this, it says, this is Jesus speaking. I have come to bring fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled, but I have a baptism to undergo and what constraint I am under until it is completed. Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Amen. I don't think that was anybody's confirmation (laughs) verse. I'll put it that way. Yeah, but but for some reason people are like, um, yeah, that's actually how it works with my mother-in-law. Like, this is the <laughs> verse. You will have division and conflict with your mother-in-law. It's already decided. It's in Scripture. So when it happens, don't 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 you know think it's unexpected. You, you're going to know it's coming. There you go. Yeah. That's good. That's good advice for your ten thousand as well. A <laughs> little bonus point for you. Yeah. So I, I think this is really good. So Jesus starts out. I have come to bring fire on the earth. And I wish it were already kindled. Man, he's coming out hot. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and he even goes on, 51, I, I didn't come to bring peace on earth, but I tell you division. In a very similar passage in, in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus says that he didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. Mm-hmm. Okay, so dividing this is like a violent imagery. Yeah, I came to bring a sword, he says. And it's kind of that, the same language, uh, similar teaching that Jesus gave. So when we look at this, I've heard Christians, I've thought, well, I guess that means we need to come the same way. Jesus came and he's going to divide people. He's coming with fire, with a sword, telling a word of judgment, telling people that they need to repent, that they're going to hell. I mean, Jesus talked about hell more than anyone else in the entire Bible. It was one of his you know, key things that he talked about in his ministry. So does that mean we should have the same tactic in our relationships? What do you think, Sawyer? Well, I think we have to look at what Jesus is saying in this passage. Mm-hmm. And that's good when, every time you're looking at Scripture. Actually yeah. see what the passage is saying. Now, I, I can read it again, but I don't think anywhere in this passage Jesus says, and my followers are called to do the same. Okay. Or, that's and yep. thus I have done it, so you shall do it too. Yeah. King James Version. But I think what Jesus is getting at is that the message that he's bringing is going to cause people to question some things. It's okay. going to be a message that some people are going to hear and they're going to be critical of. Mm-hmm. They're going to fi- find the words of Jesus frustrating or difficult or challenging. And I think even as we look at through the Gospels, some of Jesus' closest followers, his disciples, over and over again, and, and they're saying, Jesus, what do you mean by that? Jesus, yeah. do you really mean the implications of what you're saying by that? So his closest followers are like, beginning to ask and question and we see the implications of what Jesus is saying in the way that the the Pharisees and the religious leaders respond they thought Jesus was a divisive force Mm -hmm. and he was and is absolutely he was and is Um, he he divides people and he says even dividing families Mm -hmm. and family was even more important in Jesus' day than it is in ours Um, families was everything and so if Jesus is saying, I'm going to divide family, even in verse 52 of Luke 12, he says three against two and two against three. So here's a family like split right down the middle mm-hmm. because of this. And Jesus does that because he is such a polarizing figure mm-hmm. because it's you believe or you don't. You Jesus would say you're either going to spend eternity with me or eternity apart from God where mm-hmm. 
Um, hell is hot, and eternity is a very long time. That's that's divisive, and, and it can divide families uh, along the same thing. I, I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, in in my you know immediate family, we're all believers, but but outside of that, even like with extended family, there's division caused because mm-hmm. of faith. I, I'm sure you've seen the same yep, thing. Absolutely. Sawyer and I, I've seen this in in families in in our church when people come to faith, it can divide families. Mm-hmm. You know, God willing, the whole family comes to faith, but if the spouse comes to faith and the other fa- spouse doesn't, man, it can it can really be hard on a marriage. It can be hard on kids. Um, I've seen you know a, a mother of adult kids come to faith, and then the adult kids have like you know, gotten just, we're like, we're completely done mm, with the, yeah. written off the mom because now she's some crazy loon of a Christian and it, it divides families. It mm-hmm. just does. Um, I remember one young man in Nebraska, a teenager, like I can't just imagine this, but as a teenager started coming to our church, mm-hmm. interested in faith and his parents were like, no way he is not going to church. Mm hmm. And we, like, it was dividing their family, and we had to, like, step in. Our, our youth director at the time stepped in and was like, hey, can, wh- what can we do to work this out? What can we make to make you feel more comfortable? Finally, they agreed, okay, he, he, fine, he can come on Wednesday nights to youth group, but he can't go to church. And then we finally figured out a way to get him to church. <laughs> and then he wanted to get baptized, and they told him no. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't imagine that. Like, some of you listening to this need to get baptized, right? <laughs> We're having baptisms coming up on March 21st. There you, you go. You need to take that step of faith. It's, it's really the, should be the first step of your faith following Jesus. Therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing them. First thing. Okay, so some of you need to do that. And this guy was having to go against his parents to get baptized, and we had to wait because the way we, you know, we thought about it, we prayed about it. We finally wait until they said yes, and they finally said yes, and they came. But man, it was causing so much division in yeah. this family. And I really admire this young man mm-hmm. for saying, hey, I know that's what it is. Because Jesus does come to divide, bring a sword, bring fire, and it will divide families. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think we've kind of lost that. I think there's been a, a strong unintentional or sometimes even intentional movement over the past I don't know, 20, 30 years to kind of remove the divisional aspects of Jesus, remove mm-hmm. the offensive um, aspects of Jesus, that we can look at the words of Jesus and say, yeah, Jesus was a good teacher, he was a nice guy, but that's about it. But mm-hmm. I think if we really dive into what the gospel says, like the words that they record, like sections like these, where Jesus is very upfront and and even forceful about, you know what, there's going to be some cost about following me. Like division is going to happen because of the words that I say. And even for us who've been following Jesus for a long time, statements like that can kind of make us a little afraid. Like is, like the question that we're talking about, if, if this is who Jesus is, are we called to do the same? That That's good. Um, so I just heard an interview with Mark Clark. Uh, mm. He's a Canadian pastor. I love him. He has a, his first book is The Problem of God. So good. I think I've talked yep. about it before in messages. Recommended. I've given it away. Well, he has a new book just came out last week called The Problem of Jesus. And in, so I, I just heard that the book exists. So I haven't read it yet, but I'm going to. It's definitely on, on my top list. But mm-hmm. he, that's the whole point of it. Like Jesus doesn't give us an option. If you actually listen to him, he doesn't give us an option of, of like, oh, he's a pretty good guy. You know? <laughs> no, no, no. He will divide you. You have to make a decision. Right. There, there's no choice about it. Um, so, so does that mean then, Sawyer, we, it's okay to be confrontational, to call people to repent that they're going to hell? Should we have those kind of confrontations with people? 
I think we have to look at the different ways that Jesus responded to people. Okay. And I, I think a great example of that is when we look in the difference at the beginning of the book of John, but in Luke, or excuse me, in John 3 and John 4. Mm-hmm. In these two sections, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, who was a yep. religious leader, and he goes through very almost complexly that you need to be born again, that you need to basically be reborn. And and Nicodemus is like, wait, do I need to go back in my mother's womb to follow you? And he's very complex with the way that he um, deals with. And just as um, no one has ever gone to heaven except through the one who came to heaven through the Son of Man, that's verse 13. And he's just very intense. I mean, this is where beautifully the section that so many of us know, John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. But the difference between the way Jesus interacts with Nicodemus and then right after in chapter four is the interaction with a Samaritan woman mm-hmm. and Jesus's um, grace and, and thoughtful questions to her. And either way, I think Jesus is seeing what that person needs yep. and speaking the truth mm-hmm. in a way that will impact them. And I think that's a great model for us as well. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're so right. You see his dinner, different act, or interactions with people. He shows us that it's a both-and situation. Absolutely. Right? It's not an either-or. And, and I think, again, of like John 3.16. Mm-hmm. We love that one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only son. And, and then you look at verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is not about condemnation. He's not about judgment. Well, uh, how does that fit then with our passage in Luke? He came to bring fire, division, sword. Well, you keep reading in John 3.16, it says, That's I was go. Whoever yep. believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. He doesn't need to bring condemnation because people have already condemned themselves by their life and their actions. And it even says in verse 19, this is the verdict, light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light. When light comes, the creatures of the night hate it. They are <laughs> angry, and light is a confrontation yeah. to darkness just by being light, by being love. It confronts people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I love that you brought up the woman at the well. You brought up Nicodemus, right? Because mm-hmm. Jesus interacted people differently. So how are we supposed to know then which one we should do? Okay, I, I see this person and man, they're living a sinful lifestyle. Like clearly it's bad. Do I confront them or do I love them? How do I know? I, well, I think we go back to it's both. Okay. I think you confront them in love. And okay. through your love, you confront them. Hmm. I know that, like feel, that. that feels like a non-answer. Maybe yep. you're sitting there, so you're like, that literally means nothing. Let, I'll explain it. Yeah. If you confront them and you have no relationship with them and you come up to them and be like, hey, everything you're doing is wrong. You're going to hell. Stop what you're doing and repent. And then you walk out and you go about your day. They're not going to listen to you. Yeah. They're going to be, you're going to be like, oh, that was weird. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to what I was doing and go about and live my life. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you're caring for that person and you um, love them, accept them as they are, and there never is a moment where you say, hey, maybe the things that you're doing aren't the best for you, or I love you and care about you so much, and I see the ways that these are causing destruction and hurt and pain in your life, if that conversation never happens, then your love and care for them is going to be seen as tacit approval of the mm. things that they're doing. Yes, and so it is. It, it, it has to be confrontation in a relationship of love. Yeah. But it can't be love without that confrontation. Mm. You're, you don't love somebody if you don't confront them sometimes. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I mean that is that is so good, and and I believe that this comes with some experience. It also mm, comes with mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, absolutely. Um, that that it is sometime moment by moment. When's the right time to confront? Mm-hmm. Have I waited too long? No, you haven't. Um, you should maybe tell speak the truth. So I, I hope that as you're listening to this, uh, really, I think my warning to you is don't fall into either extreme. Mm-hmm. We had a whole series on grace or truth. You know, it's not about 100% grace. It's not about 100% truth. It's 100% <laughs> of both. Right? That's right. You have to hold on to both equally at the same time 100%. So so don't be the person who's always telling everybody they're going to hell and they're sinful and posting memes about it and uh, whatever, you know. Yeah. Don't be the person who I would hazard, say anything. I would hazard a guess that very few if no one has come to faith through a meme. <laughs> now maybe I could be wrong, but I don't know. Evangelism by meme. That's we'll have to wait for that. You know, there's going to be some testimony one of these days and someone's going to see proved you wrong, Sawyer. Yeah, I was on Twitter one day and I just felt convicted and the Holy Spirit really spoke to me. Maybe it happens. If you're out there right now and you've been brought to Jesus through a meme, I would love to know. Send me an email. But Yeah, but, but I think these are the right questions we should mm-hmm. be asking. Like, do I confront? Do I not? Do I show love here or, or do I need something, something hard? It should always kind of be a tension. Yeah. It should always be a challenge. And once you've lost the tension, you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah. You're probably doing it wrong. So just that's our encouragement today. I, I was thinking, you know, for this passage where Jesus says, I, I have come and to bring fire on the earth. I said, well, the question is whether it's fire or ice. Um, because ice is what I use to soothe our, <laughs> our kids when they bump themselves or, or whatever. Three kids, man. There's a lot more falling going on. Oh, than I'm was sure. When there was just one <laughs> falling, kick themselves, whatever, kick mm-hmm. the other one. You know, we, they need ice and it makes them feel better, right? Um, so sometimes you do need to give ice to comfort. And mm-hmm. sometimes you need to say a, a stiffer word and give, uh, a, you know, some discipline. We talked about that on a Sunday morning. <laughs> and, and there has to be a little bit harder of a consequence. But it's both and... Always. When I con- give a consequence, I have to have love while I do it and follow it up with love and a hug and a, yeah. um, that they know that they're accepted and loved. And when I give ice, sometimes it needs to be, well, you need to be a little bit more careful, <laughs> right? Uh, because you did something that was, you know, need some instruction. Right? Yep. So it's Absolutely. Both. I think that's a great way to think about it is, is kind of how um, we who are parents kind of approach how we deal with consequences with our kids, that it is out of love and it is out of teaching them and wanting to see them grow and wanting to experience the best that life has to offer. And and it's the same way that that God kind of loves and approaches us. I think it's a great model to think about how we love others. And and can I leave people with one more question? Sure. I, I think that you need to ask yourself... What do you want for this other person? Mm -hmm. Because if you're thinking fire or ice here, and you would be happy for them to burn, you've got your own hard work that you need to do. Mm. Like I'm going to tell them they're going to hell because they are going to hell and they deserve it for what they've done. Or or I'm giving them ice because it's okay that they're doing those things. You know, it's it's all right. No, 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 no. We want them in heaven with us. We want them to find the joy of salvation now. Yeah. Um, and, and we don't want them to live in a lifestyle because sin is destructive mm-hmm. and destroys you. It might be a completely 100% socially acceptable sin, but it will destroy that person's life mm-hmm. and their family and their marriage and their kids if they're still living in sin. So just think, oh, it's fine if they keep doing that thing. No, it's not. Okay? So it's got to be fire and ice. Look at our own heart, too, in the process when we're deciding which one to use.
Yeah, that's such a good word, Matt. Thanks for sharing that. Sure. So yeah, hopefully we've challenged you a little bit today. If you have those questions about the end of the world, about fire <laughs> and ice, about, you know, if you want to share your story about salvation through meme, we would, we would actually love to hear that. I would love to hear that. I would yes. love to hear that. So email us mwolf at arisedenver.com or strap at arisedenver.com. Follow us, like us, share this, and we'll be back with you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening. This is Sawyer Trapp again, associate pastor here at Arise Church Denver. We want to encourage you to do three things. First is to subscribe, to make sure you're getting the podcast each and every week to help bring God into your 10,000. We'd also love it if you would share this, if you would make this not only a part of your life, but a part of somebody else's. And then finally, if you are benefited by anything that we do, either as a church or on this podcast, we would love it if you would give. You can do that at risedenver.com slash give to continue to support the mission and impact that we're having on this community and then the lives of the people of our church and those discovering us for the first time. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.